in the recording of one of our most recent episodes, we realized that Buffy touches on some very sensitive subjects and doesn't always handle them in the most sensitive manner. So this is going to act as a trigger warning for specifically episodes 3 and 4 for parental um, abuse and non-consensual relationships between adults and underage um, people. So if that is something that would upset you, we will not be offended if you feel as if you cannot listen to these episodes. We do um, go into it a bit but and it is mainly still our lighthearted conversations but we just wanted to give you a fair warning that those topics are touched on before we just throw it into the deep end um without saying anything so there that is um thank you for your time Hi, I'm Sophie. I'm Kat. And I'm Celeste. We have a guest. We're hot shit. We have a, a guest on episode four. So we're covering episode four of Buffy called Teacher's Pet. Um, I'm so well, glad you remember the episode title because I sure didn't. <laughs> yeah, I know most of the episode titles to the point where I was mad at myself for forgetting that episode six is not named Angel, that it's episode seven. Oh, shoot. So we can't play our drinking game yet? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, we do have wine, so you know what? You could... This is... Okay, so have Celeste, what is your relationship to Buffy? It's um, queerness and all that stuff. Um, I'm Celeste, uh, my pronouns are she, they, and, uh, as far as queerness goes, I identify as bi. Um, Buffy-wise, I have watched a handful of episodes over the years, mostly because Kat showed me. Um, but I, uh, I skipped a few here, so I'm probably gonna be asking some questions since I watched episode one, half of episode two today, and, um, now episode four. <laughs> So we're just skipping around. Um, yeah, I didn't lie in the first episode when I said this is how I make friends. I just show them TV shows. This is how she makes friends. Yeah. <laughs> I just go, you have to at least stay friends with me until you finish the series. I still have shows that I refer to as cat shows. Yeah. <laughs> so I have to be friends with Cat for seven years now by the time we get to the end of Buffy? I mean, hopefully it won't take us the entire seven years, but yeah, I mean, we have more shows. Yes. We have a lot more shows um so that is the relationship and you know celeste is just here i've kidnapped her this was totally planned um all right so we're on episode four um we're a little bit back into we're thrown in to um back into our plot a little bit um celeste do you want to start off 
with your notes as our honored guest? Sure, I, I can start out. My, my first thoughts were, um, much as uh, Sophie's thoughts were in the first episode, um, straight people? <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Yeah. Yeah. I I uh I definitely guessed pretty early on that that was a dream. Although I did miss an episode in there, so there were some questions that I had quite quite a few. Um, but yeah, that that were those were my initial thoughts. Um, yes. I um, wrote down. Sorry, please go oh, ahead. Oh no, go ahead. I said I wrote down Xander's wet dream. <laughs> <laughs> Is my second note. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My next note was um. It, it reminds me of some episodes of Riverdale. I mean, yeah. Riverdale has definitely taken some. Yeah, some I feel Buffy like themes. Riverdale definitely takes notes from '90s grunge and just like added Cole Sprouse. It's true. <laughs> That's exactly what happened, and some. I mean, <laughs> and some really fake red hair dye. Just yep. <laughs> don't talk about it, but um. I have lots of feelings about Riverdale. I we could possibly watch Riverdale way later. That's a whole <laughs> other feeling. I have lots of feelings about that. This is all getting cut out. Um, all right. So yeah, I what cat can't remember if this is a nightmare or if it's a cold open of Buffy fighting vampires at the bronze. Like I legit like couldn't did not remember that this was a dream. Like. That this was Xander's dream, and this was how this episode started. I knew it had to be a dream because um, Buffy didn't save herself, because Xander saved Buffy. Oh, yeah. That's totally how well, being no. a girl with superpowers works. I, well, once Xander, like, showed up, I realized it was a dream. Like, like I meant, like, immediately. Yeah, oh, yeah. Immediately um, my thought was also cold open, for sure. Yeah. Also, Buffy's wearing, like, a really flirtatious dress, like, nothing we've ever seen her in before. She's normally a little bit grunge, which, like, I dig. But in this time, it's very much, what if Buffy was a dramatic heroine? Like, never mind. It's Xander's hero dream, which, apparently, Xander has a dream of shredding on electric guitar when he fantasizes, which... I don't think ever comes up again. With no intro, just goes into an immediate <laughs> I, solo. Yeah. I believe it does come up again later in the episode, though. Well, later in the episode. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure it's, like, exclusively in this episode. It's very bizarre. I don't think, do we, yeah. Do we think Xander can play guitar? No. 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 I, I don't think Xander can, like... Badly on acoustic. Yes. <laughs> do we think Buffy can play guitar? No. <laughs> Buffy's definitely a bassist. I want oh. Buffy to play guitar, but I can also see the bassist. I yeah. see that, yeah. yeah. I think Buffy has the characteristics of a bassist. I also don't think Buffy has the time no. to learn new <laughs> hobbies. Although she was a cheerleader. So I think she definitely was more into, like, sporty stuff. I don't think she did, like, musical things. They tried to make her do like dramatic things in a couple episodes it goes very badly <laughs> yeah but yeah buffy's just too busy fighting monsters she wasn't even I a cheerleader mean, for more than one episode once yeah. yeah and she's back yes um listen there were extenuating circumstances <laughs> um 
So then there, um, Xander had fallen asleep in science class, which, listen, relatable. Like, I mean, not in a lab setting, but I don't think they were in the lab. They were just act. No, it's one of those, those, like, high school movie trope things where it's like, yeah, we totally take our science classes in the lab. That's how this works. Oh, you missed? The writers did not have any sort of, like teacher on staff ever because that's my next question about this episode is is they uh, the next thing is is that they're in class and the teacher's talking about ants yeah it's just yeah. like i never learned about ants in biology i mean i think i learned about bugs in general and like here's the different parts of the bug but he's like no 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 we need to talk about how ants specifically communicate how yeah <laughs> They communicate for uh, touch and B.O. Which should have been what he accepted, because Buffy says B.O., and he goes, that would be smell. And I'm like, if you were a cool teacher, you'd go yes, and then elaborate that she is actually correct. I mean, yeah. That is what pheromones are, pretty much, sort of. I'm not a science person. I mean, it's kind of what pheromones are. Yeah. Um, I sent you that meme that lesbians like other lesbians' pheromones, right? I think so. Yeah. That's what Gator is. Yes. It's, like, been scientifically proven where they had, like, people, a bunch of people, not a bunch of people, it was, like, a dozen. It was, like, a kind of shaky study. They had a bunch of people, like, smell sweaty shirts and, like, gay people like the sense of other gay people of the same, like, of the gender they were attracted to. Wild. Yeah. Pheromones are, like, actually, like, they're not, like, it was like 12 people, but, you know, it, they've been scientifically studied. I love it. So it's random, so good. Like, it's been, and, you know, whatever. <laughs> it's a random tangent, but, yeah. Well, we're a queer podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so there's a science teacher who, you know, starts out kind of mean and then gives Buffy the, I'm just mean because I believe. Yeah, and and at first I was like, what does he know? Like, what, like, he seemed to be like, oh, I know you're super busy, or like, I know, like, (laughs) and I was like, okay, is this like a, like another Giles situation? Like, he knows some shit, he's a scientist, I don't know. But, uh, and, and then immediately as I had that thought, he got captured. And so I was like, ah, he knows nothing, he... (laughs) <laughs> he's yeah. just captured. Cool. He's just someone to give Buffy more trauma. He he <laughs> says he can't wait for what Buffy's gonna do here, and I just wrote down, do you just want to watch the school burn? Like, <laughs> I, I am mean... for your just apathy <laughs> against whatever Buffy's about to do. You know what? I'm just here for it. Yep. Just like, can't wait to see what you're gonna do here. I mean, he's an older teacher. He's probably, done with this shit. <laughs> probably about ready to retire. You know, um... My older computer teacher just kept reminding us that Henry Ford and Hitler were really close. So I said the um, science teacher is really nice to Buffy and actually believes in her-ish, but too bad he dies. Immediately dies after this. Yeah. Um, And his glasses fall and they break perfectly in the most photogenic way. And then they just cut directly to the bronze. Where Xander, like, obviously has some weird, 
weird background with the guy. I don't know what the fuck was going on. My my comment was um, Xander flirts with lead singer. Flirts like was that like I'm like is that his ex boyfriend or something? There's like some tension there. Like what's happening? I feel like it was intended to be. I want to be you, but it definitely came across more as like. <laughs> like, you know, like, because we cut later to, like, Xander trying to be part of, like, the cool guys. Like, one of the cool guys. Um, this is not a great look for Xander, this entire episode. But, um... No, I was definitely expecting Buffy to sock him the second he <laughs> pretended that he was with her and Willow. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, but, so I feel like it was meant to be part of that, but it just, like, definitely, like, came off as sexual tension. And um, then again, when, uh, when Xander is, like, looking at Angel, and it's just, like, <laughs> yeah, that. it was meant to be, like, oh, that asshole, he's so cool, and, like, he's, he's like, like, Buffy's jealous. into him, I'm jealous, but it, it definitely came across as, like, Holy crap, nobody told me he was that hot. (laughs) (laughs) There is so much to unpack in this moment. I have, like, so many notes. Okay, I want to start with, do we think that Angel is hot? Because I think we are definitely the focus group to talk about if a man is hot. No. I am not attracted to David Boreas. I'm sorry. I, like, I think he, like, No, like, I appreciate, he has a nice body, but I don't think, he's just consistently grumpy. I don't think Angel is hot. He doesn't even get that from me. Zero on, on looks, zero on face, zero on, uh, <laughs> personality. Yeah. I also agree, he looks like he could have been an NSYNC. He looks like an NSYNC <laughs> character. He does. Not a character, like a person, they're real people. Yeah. He looks, like, if you look at pictures of him, like, recently, he looks better. Like, he looks better. Like, not, still not my type and not attractive, but he looks, like, better in Bones than he does in Buffy. Oh, good. So he he matures with age and gets... Yeah, his face, like, like, his haircut for Angel makes his face look, like, very squished. It's and true. And they let him have, like, a normal haircut in Bones. Okay. Yeah, okay, I you can see, see it. like, in Bones, he looks, like, semi He looks like a man, and I, like, yeah. can't figure out what age he looks like in Buffy, because he's, like, bouncing back between this is a man and this might actually pass for a 17-year-old, but they're both too uncanny valley in both but, levels. But yeah. also, in Buffy, they make it look like his, his face has muscles. <laughs> yeah. Yes, and I just don't and like that look. It's it's yeah, not a good look. No. But yeah, um, <laughs> I do. I again, this is part of my not liking Angel. Is it's just like not even like the oh he's kind of an asshole and his like his angsty grumpy thing is like annoying. It's like. And he's not even hot to excuse it. Willow agrees with us. Yeah. I know Willow, Willow is bi, but Xander goes, he's so hot. And Willow's like, really? And I was like, yes. <laughs> Willow's like, I don't see it. And it's like, me too, Willow. And there's our tick on the queer tracker there for Willow. Step one for Willow. Yeah. I also love um, when 
Angel gives Buffy his jacket. She just wears it. Well, and <laughs> also Xander is like, oh, they're trading clothing now. Like, I just want to use that as a euphemism forever now. Just like, oh, they're trading clothing. <laughs> I mean, that's that's a gay sentiment. <laughs> I mean, it is. It, it definitely is, but I don't think it was in that moment. I mean, no, it wasn't. And also, I'm like, Angel. This is, like, not a cute look for you. <laughs> Although, this is very desperate. Like, and did you not forget about the... Oh, yeah, Angel also has giant scratch marks on his arm that are very noticeable. And he tries to hide them by putting, like, not even stepping fully into the shadows. He just kind of shimmies half his body into like, the shadow of the doorway and expects Buffy not to notice these giant gashes on his arm. Which she immediately does. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, wait, what the fuck? Which I feel like kind of parallels the scene with, uh, with Xander's dream, where she's like, oh, your poor hand. Mm-hmm. No, Buffy's like, what the fuck, your hand? Yeah. <laughs> That's how Buffy would Which react. Which is more Buffy than, like, <laughs> Xander's dream Buffy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And it's just like, uh, and also like, yeah, Van, yeah, Angel, this is why you wear fucking shirts. <laughs> this is why you wear shirts. You don't just wear a, like, white pink top and a leather jacket. You don't wear a leather jacket to a club anyway. Those places are hot. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> when you're Angel. I'm sure you rock a leather jacket I at mean... a club, Celeste. <laughs> <laughs> uh, back to Angel's scratches. He has, like, these, they're not scratches, they're, like, giant fucking gashes down his entire bicep. And Buffy's like, did someone attack you with a fork? <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, forks only have three, like, Buffy just used three-pronged forks. Buffy forgot that knives exist for a hot second. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's clearly, like, three, so it's, like, multiple things at once, which is... That's probably true. what she was getting at. They were missing out on the Wolverine joke. Like, I guess I that'd mean, be more like, than three, just, so. I mean, it was just comic books then. Um, Related to this, um, we're not there yet, but I do think we should refer to the perpetrator of this attack as Logan in honor of Wolverine, because we don't get a name for him. Oh, yeah, I just call him Fort Guy. Fort Guy. That's what Buffy calls him. Buffy calls him the, Fort Guy. That's what I call him in the entire episode are in my notes in her episode. And so, yeah, Angel's like, yeah, I did, actually. There's this dude. And then she's like, okay, cool. Is that why you're at the bronze? He's like, yep, okay, bye. How does Angel keep encountering all these people before Buffy and seemingly does nothing about them besides just appear to um, ominously warn... I'm so good at grammar, guys. Ominously warn Buffy that something's about to happen, despite the fact that it's obviously already happened to him. Buffy's just like, hey, so, like, can I get a hold of you so you can, like, actually warn me about this shit before it happens or what? And he's like, nah, I'll be around. Buffy wants dem digits. And she's like, and then he just kind of leaves and Buffy goes back to... Xander and Willow. Oh, did we skip over Xander being a jerk? Willow and Buffy, and yes. Willow was so into it, by the way. Yes. Willow latches on immediately. Yes, that part. I, I wrote, that get was, it, Willow. I think that was before, I think that was before.
before Angel showed up. But yeah, Xander's trying to, um, Xander's trying to, um, like, look all cool in front of these assholes and claiming, like, there's a bunch of, like, you know, toxic high school sexuality politics in this episode. Just, you know. They're talking about their numbers. I definitely wrote, um, Xander is looking to get punched. Um, as yeah. he was walking over to, to Buffy and Willow, and I was like, yeah, no, they, I feel yeah. like Buffy wouldn't stand for that, but also she's apparently too distracted by Angel to give a shit, Well, so. yeah, she did, like, push him away. She was like, uh. She immediately, like, pushed him away and, like, walked over to Angel. Yeah, he, like, says they're his ladies and wraps his arms around them and willow's very into it and buffy's just like nah and goes and has that conversation with angel i feel like he could have done this better if he had sort of explained himself he didn't have a lot of time but he was like so i'm gonna put my arms on you guys and can you guys be chill with it for like 30 seconds yeah and they would have been like yeah of course we'll help our friend yeah but no he just does it without warning and without asking and it's like of course they're gonna back away. You started touching people without their consent. That's such yeah. high school shit, too, though. Like, Yeah. Why would you think two steps ahead and go, hey, maybe my friends will help me out if I ask nicely? He does <laughs> say, though. He does say, help me out for a minute. As he's, like, that already, is, oh, like, grabbing them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that should have been a step before. He does say it. But, um... Okay, so they're um, back at school, and they find out that the science teacher from before is missing, and Buffy's still wearing Angel's jacket before, uh, despite, you know, not really seeming to like him all that much. Also, but, what time of year is it? It's like Buffy wears jackets when there shouldn't be jackets worn. Yeah. I'm sorry, I get very overheated in jackets very easily, and I'm like, yeah. what is happening? Jackets yes. All time. Jackets all, at all time. Yeah, listen. All we, year. Just. Yeah. Um, I wish I could do you. <laughs> the last ones wore a leather jacket that had a built-in scarf and wore an infinity scarf on top of that jacket. Yes. A look. I love it. Yeah. Do you love me, my leather jacket? With the built-in scarf and another scarf on top of that scarf. You gotta have the leather jacket. You gotta have the denim jacket. Yeah. I need a denim jacket. I have so many pins and I have nothing to do with them right now. <laughs> um. So we learned the science teacher is missing. <clears throat> Not gone. He's just missing. Again, we pointed this out in the first episode. Children. Knowing about crimes on campus. Yeah. Like... Who is telling the student body all this news? I all know the student body knows before the teachers do. It's where the teachers get all their gossip from. True. I mean, but later, Bob is very insistent on crisis counseling. So, at True. least there's that. Yes. Uh, so, and there's a new sub, and she's very attractive, apparently. I also don't find her attractive. I saw it. She's okay. She's like TV hot. I did not. like not. I'd want to date her, but like, oh, you're an attractive person in a TV show. I see that. I'm like, I, yeah, I just, no, I 
Yeah. Xander continues his transformation into a literal cartoon by not only his cartoon physics we've noticed, but he just starts babbling. And yeah. not even like an awkward, like, oh, I don't know what to say. Like, literal cartoon babbling hubba hubba ness toward this woman. I definitely like, wrote Xander as chaotic bisexual. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure he literally says hubba hubba at one point. Um, yeah. So, and then the, um, she's like very jumpy into the affections of these underage boys. Um,. <laughs> Yeah, which is weird and uncomfortable. Yeah, and the football player guy who Xander was trying to impress at the bronze, um, like, shows her to the classroom because apparently she couldn't have gone to the office for that. All these boys also think they can get with her, which I also thought was weird. Like, they are young and dumb and naive, I get that. But also, why do they all think they can score with the teacher? When has that, what in life has given them, given them the indication that they can do that besides maybe porn? Maybe. Porn. Porn. That's it. It's, yeah, yeah, porn. probably that. Sex education's failing, y'all. I mean. Gotta rely on had, porn. We did have the conversation about all of our sex education <laughs> earlier. Is not great. Um, so, um, then we're at lunch. Where, oh, um, the new teacher just moves on to a different bug, which, you know, is, like, better, I want to say, give Buffy's writing a little bit of credit, where, yes, it is very, like, service to the plot, but I would say they could have had them do something totally different before, like, you know how in Harry Potter... They're like, they're like, oh, we're doing totally different, something totally different. And Snape's like, nope, we're studying werewolves now. <laughs> and so they could That was exactly how it felt. So they, well, no, it wasn't because, you know, they could have done something like that. At least they were studying bugs before. True. Like they were studing ants and they went to praying mantis. Manti? They went yeah. to pray, praying mantis. But at least they were studying bugs. And they just transferred from one bug to a different bug. And she was a little too excited about the bug. And also, I mean, like, yes. I mean, it makes sense plot Foreshadowing. But I was also like, yes. is she a creepy bug lady? And then she started talking about how mantises were cannibals and how great that was, essentially. And I was like, oh, is she a cannibal? <laughs> it's not their fault. Nature made them that way. <laughs> She also, again, keeps getting weirdly close to the students by starting with, Hi, I'm Natalie French. And I wrote, Why are you saying your first name to the students? But they don't. The students are all welcome to call me Bob. But they don't. (laughs) Everyone in the school wants to be called by their first name, apparently. (laughs) This isn't a 500 level college class. Hi, I'm Steve. You can just call me Steve. Just email your homework to me. It's fine. (laughs) Oh, yeah, um, later, and then we find out, and then apparently subs are allowed to facilitate projects for the science fair now. Yeah, what was that? Yeah, like, our science fair we had at my high school, it was like, we started it the summer before the school year, and it went... Like, the whole year. It was, like, your whole grade. But apparently subs are supposed to be, are allowed to be, like, 
let's make egg sacks for science fair. She so, shouldn't even have a lesson plan. The we were well, gonna get there, should, but like the teacher isn't there anymore, and obviously did not leave anything for her to do. So she's just like free balling it. Well, she should have like a lesson plan because the teacher should have like a lesson plan laid out for like the semester. Yes. So she should be going off like Dr. Gregory, who was the previous teacher. She should be going off his lesson plan, but like not implementing the like. Hey, let's do this for the science fair. <laughs> and hello, all the... And then she's like, who would like to help me after school? And all of the boys raise their hands. And also, she, she couldn't find the classroom, but she knows there's a science fair and what you're doing for it. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, and everyone is very excited to help her. And now we're in the lunch line. Sorry, I have to say one thing. Okay. In this scene, she mentions that the female praying mantises are aggressive. And then the guy next to Buffy goes, I like an aggressive female. And I wanted Buffy to do something. Because that's the wrong thing to say to Buffy. <laughs> Buffy would go off on you. I know. Like, I feel it's just like, that's a way to get, like, your head slammed in a desk. Yeah, I was like, Buffy would be like, oh, you like aggressive females? Boom! <laughs> on the floor. Right? Like... But in the lunch line. They were in the lunch line. Yeah, they're in the lunch line, and Buffy and Willow are, like, very much, like, pointing out to Xander that it's weird if an older lady is interested in a 17-year-old boy, or 16. They're not even 17 yet. Yeah, and they were definitely pointing out the reasons why that's weird, which I yeah. kind of appreciated. Yes. Yeah. It wasn't like a funny hot for teacher moment. It was like, uh, yeah, like she's a predator. She shouldn't be interested in you. And of course, Xander is like, you know, still defending it because all the boys are. They're like yeah. teasing each other over who gets to get there first. And it's like, this is a teacher, y'all. Yeah. Um, okay. And. Cordelia apparently has a prescription lunch. Yeah, Cordelia has a doctor lunch. I think we should come back to that later when we learn more about Cordelia in when she's doing her counseling session. Yeah. Because I feel like Cordelia has some shit that just goes under the radar in this episode. Yeah, and a really bad doctor. Yes. Um, but, and also, like, if you bring a lunch from home, you don't get to keep it in the school refrigerator. Like... Yeah, why is she in the lunchroom asking the cafeteria staff for her lunch that yeah, she brought? But what does she find in the fridge instead? Oh my gosh, it's the thing she always seemingly finds. Another dead body. <laughs> Cordelia did not find the previous dead body. It was some random other chick. Okay, but she found the first one. We are on episode four. This is the third dead body found yeah. at this school. And I feel like they should start doing something about it. Do we need a, a, a Cordelia body tally? I um, think awesome. it's two right now? It's just two. Cordelia has found two dead bodies out of the three we've found. Yeah, um, so she finds the body of Dr. Gregory, the science teacher from before, except he doesn't have a head. 
Yep, that's and it's a little more graphic than we've seen so far. Yeah, and Cordelia immediately notices that there is no head. That is like what she latches onto. I think that's reasonable. I if mean, you found something fair. with no head, that might be I, what you. Yeah, picture. I mean, I feel like I would just focus on the fact that it's a dead body in front of me. Oh shucks, not again. Cordelia, Cordelia knows about dead bodies. The odd <laughs> part about this one is that it's headless. <laughs> fair. Fair. Um, and they say the kids are becoming desensitized. <laughs> and then we get a library scene. There's not a lot of library scenes in this episode. Yeah. Actually, there's like fair amount of action and not that many library scenes. Although in this episode we do get some like Giles history in a library scene which is quite entertaining yeah um we learn there's um more underground fighters of monsters and Giles is what that has his head on straight yeah Giles is like let me talk to my buddy Giles just has connections yeah um <laughs> more connections I'm very excited <laughs> Um, so, um, we have a library scene, and he, Buffy is telling, um, Giles about her most recent encounter with Angel, and about her talking, or, and telling, uh, Giles about Fork Guy. Um, and so, so there's, like, a guy who displeased the master... And he cut off his hand in penance, and um, and Buffy goes and replaced it with a fork, like as a joke, and it's just like not addressed again, yeah. which is just like Giles doesn't say anything, and it's just like oh okay, just yes, I guess. Yeah, it's never really like this character is like addressed so much and used as a plot device. Yeah, he's just there and like um. And they don't think he's the one who killed Dr. Gregory because, like, he had, like, bite marks on his neck. And was, like, like not normal vampire bite marks, but, like, his head was, like, bitten off. Yeah, most vampires don't behead yet. We found... Yeah, I think he's the one who killed the scientist. Um, says Buffy promises, um... So Buffy's very traumatized about, like, the, like, you know, learning that the science teacher is dead and beheaded and, like, having seen his body and she's just, like, not okay. And Giles is like, so promise me you won't go hunting tonight, okay? Yeah, Giles for once says maybe don't go immediately after this, which is, like, a turn for Giles because normally he's like, we have to slay the monster. But for I mean, once, he's like, pump the, the brakes. It's only the fourth episode. I feel okay. like we do get room for character he's, development. He's been really into Buffy going full steam ahead. And now, acting reasonably, he's like, maybe don't. Yeah, I also wrote, uh, never trust a teen who says they won't be rash. <laughs> that <laughs> no, is true. I promise I won't do anything rash. Yeah. Of course not. Coming from, like, what, a 15, 16-year-old? Yeah, that's She's totally 16? Believable. Yeah. Yeah. Did I miss the, um, did I miss Bob? No, I didn't. Did no, I Bob miss? has not showed up yet. Did I? Okay. Um, so Buffy goes out, as <laughs> we could have 
goes out hunting. Uh, the police are out. Yeah, the police are out. The police are there searching for something with flashlights. So we learned there is a police force in Sunnydale. Do they do anything? They do. No. Um, yes, actually. Um, in season two at one point, Buffy gets arrested for something. Um, it was bound to happen. I mean, yeah, it's very traumatic, and it's, like, a heavy episode. <laughs> um, but, so, the police is there, and some drunk guy um, runs into Buffy and goes, You shouldn't be out here at night, little lady. Which is also Dangerous. correct. Buffy, a 16-year-old female, should not be wandering around in the dark alone. And shout out to the drunk guy. For so being... you heard it from Sophie first. Always take advice from drunk guys talking to teenage girls at night. In this one specific instance, <laughs> yes. Um, but anyway, so Fort Guy is out in Sunnydale. Yes. So Fort Guy's wandering around, which is the second time but I think this proves my point. Every time Buffy is wandering around alone at night, she gets jumped by someone. I guess the first time we saw it was with Angel, and Angel didn't jump her. But random people approach Buffy in the dark that could be a threat to her. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is kind of sketchy. It, I mean, the bad part of town is right next to the good part of town. And it's not a lot of town. What did she tell Joyce to get out? Yeah. Joyce, who never seems to know or care what Buffy's up to what in the middle of the night. What does Joyce do for work? She works at a gal. She's opening a gallery. And she, did you not listen to the podcast? You're a fake fan, <laughs> Celeste. <laughs> um, Cat, we have only, like, a fan. Don't <laughs> piss off our one fan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, um, she's opening a gallery, but somehow she still has, this was not, this episode has not been published yet, but she somehow has to bring gallery pieces home. <laughs> Yeah, she, like, goes through inventory in their kitchen. Yeah. Sure, that's totally normal. Yeah. Joyce definitely isn't an art thief. Definitely not. <laughs> yeah. um, I am actually here for Joyce having a secret life. I fully support Joyce's this. Joyce is Carmen Sandiego. Yes. Why they moved to the tiny town, like... From L.A. Yeah. She stole too many paintings. Buffy's vandalism The FBI was, just was on her tail. Buffy's vandalism was just an excuse. Um, so, Fort Guy is there. And he, like, attacks attacks Buffy. Because, you know, why not? Um, it's a thing to do. The bronze was too obvious. Yeah. Um, there's not really much to do in Sunnydale. You either go to the bronze or you attack Buffy. <laughs> Those are, like, the two activities. Yep. Um, Go to the non-existent Starbucks. Yeah, um, I don't remember, like, he's, like, chasing after Buffy or something, and he jumps over a fence and goes to attack who we see is Miss French, who is doing her grocery shopping at, like, 10 o'clock at night. You forgot to what time is it? Why is <laughs> grocery shopping this late? Well, we do learn that she's, uh, she scares Fort Guy. She, like looks at him, and then he hisses and runs away back into the sewer. Yes. So we learn she has that on her, like, on her, so she doesn't really have to worry about stuff like a normal woman would. But also, like, 
we've addressed this as a small town that has like nothing. It has like the bronze, apparently a Starbucks, and the school. Like what grocery shop, what grocery store, like she's carrying groceries. Um, and then we're back in the library. Thirsty Giles. Yeah, I wrote Giles is also hot for teacher, which we don't see very often. I feel like they just kind of threw it in. We're like, oh yes, Giles is also a male specimen. It's to throw us off completely from the Giles is gay thought. Yeah. Um, but listen, I'm going to go with like bi or just general ace queer maybe. Or not ace because and Spike do live together. Next scene. <laughs> uh, it's our favorite principal. Bob! It's Bob! We missed, totally skipped a library scene. Talking about how much you need therapy, because otherwise you'll resort to laxatives, apparently. <laughs> yeah. So much is hidden in that line. What do you know, Bob? What have you seen? There's part of me that wonders if it's, like, pieced together. No, I almost wonder once you, like, jump over to the next part of that scene of, like, Cordelia talking to the therapist and, like, about, like, some of her oh, body image and, like, oh eating my issues, it's almost like, oh, like, did she have an eating disorder that she's, like, in recovery for, or, like... Oh, damn. Sorry, <laughs> No, <dark>. I fully <laughs> agree with you. Something what? is going on with Cordelia and this doctor, and, and the show does not help. talk about it at all man i did not connect that line that bob says with with cordelia's whole session and that man <laughs> no, because i feel i i just feel like bob would be the type to like not think what he was saying and just talk about somebody else's story without <laughs> using their name and think that was enough that does sound. That does sound right. <laughs> yeah, that, that does sound like Bob, someone who was trying to be the cool principal and ripped up Buffy's permanent record, and then saw set the gym on fire and like maybe let's not completely destroy that permanent <laughs> record. Um, yeah, he goes. You saw the body. You need to go to counseling. And then Buffy's like, "No, nah, I'm good." And then he literally sits her down in the chair and goes, "Heal." <laughs> it's fun. It's great. I mean, I'm glad the school is doing something. Once again, third dead body. Um, uh, why is this the tipping point for Bob to finally get off his ass and do something? Uh, and then we have Cordelia in there, who's, like, talking about how she hadn't eaten since she seen the body, and she lost seven ounces. Yeah. What scale? Like... Cordy. Cordy. You need I'm better help. You, she she needs help. <laughs> Cordy needs help, and I feel like she's not going to get that. Makes me sad because I want justice for Cordelia. Yeah, Cordy also enters like. She's like, why don't you see a dead body? And I was like, this is like the multiple dead bodies you've seen now, Cordelia. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a time. You know what? Cordelia needs a vacation. Yeah. <laughs> Like, she just actually needs to go to the spa. Like, just, I mean, honestly. Um, and so Buffy, like, just kind of walks away after listening, after we overhear Cordelia's counseling session. And, like, peeks in the biology classroom where she's supposed to be. And 
Miss French sees her. She's like leaning over Xander's shoulder. She's like, I think you need mean pollination, which is sexual. And I really want to know what Xander wrote instead now. <laughs> what did he write instead of pollination on his sheet? Maybe. I I would believe that from Xander. Xander's such a precious himbo. Yeah. Like, he's, he's so dumb, but he, <laughs> he tries so hard. Yeah. You guys have much cleaner minds than mine. I was, like, waiting for him to actually write, like, ejaculation or something, and she's like, Xander, it's a plant. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, so, Puffy, like, our Miss French has, like, some sort of sixth sense and, like, notices that Buffy is, like, in the doorway or something. And, like, we get those quality 90s special effects of Miss French turning her head 180 degrees around. Yeah, and you can, like, see the body double they set up a little bit in front of her to make the yeah, effect. Yeah, Oh, <laughs> we love it. Old school special effects, people. Yo, um, so, oh, Buffy is gonna do her homework to hunt Miss French. Yes. Says, I'm gonna do what Dr. Gregory told me to do. My homework. She then, like, I don't, are we at this point where she, like, runs in the library and is like, I need books about bugs. Yes. Okay, yes. where is Buffy's textbook? We had this lesson for She goes to the library to get a textbook, and now she's back in the library looking for books about bugs. Does Buffy not have a textbook? No, because you have to go to the library to get your textbooks, remember? We only see them in the library. Other students should be doing their homework there, then. I guess they get their textbooks and leave. <laughs> but I guess the Scooby gang just never leaves. I think we don't see her go into the library yet, though, because first, isn't there, um... Xander walks in to talk to Miss um, French on her own while Miss French is eating her lunch. No, that's later oh, okay because we find out don't we find out blaine is missing and then oh, we go oh and yeah because willow's being a cyber hacker again yeah well that's just a willow's job yeah so yeah willow's just consistently spends her entire almost her entire school day on the library's computers um yeah willow finds out that blaine is missing the um, boy that had his session with Miss French the night before. And Xander has his session that night. And then we go to Xander. Um, Where we learn his middle name is Lavelle. Yes. Yeah. That's what um, one of my friends is in my phone is Xander Lavelle Harris. <laughs> yes. And then it just becomes a porn. <laughs> Yeah. Like, the dialogue is just porn dialogue. Yeah. It felt so scripted. Like, I know it, it was, because it was a well, show, it, It's a show, but... Celeste, that is how TV shows work. They're <laughs> scripted. But, like, it felt that way, and then they punctuate the scene with just her, like, biting out of a sandwich full of bugs. I didn't yeah. need that. I had a problem with it, not because of the bugs, but because she took a single thing of bread and folded it over on itself to make the sandwich. I was like, what is happening? That's not how you make sandwiches. It's how you make sandwiches if you only have one piece of bread left. <laughs> I've made sandwiches I guess. like that. Okay, I was I was a little bit taken aback. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yeah, he invites, the big part of this porn dialogue is she goes, I totally forgot I scheduled a parent-teacher conference for, like, right now. Do you want to come to my house to do the science project? Because substitutes do parent-teacher conferences. Yeah, what? yeah, she's a substitute teacher, but I guess they gave her the permanent job because the regular teacher's dead. Um, and so, one, we learn later that Xander's mom just okays him going to a teacher's house. Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, quality parenting. All the parents are just, like, fine with their children doing seemingly anything, it seems. Um, I mean, Giles, it is a little sketchy if we don't know, like, Giles, the they're of Buffy and Willow being like, hey, can the school librarian drive us to another teacher's house to get another student? Yeah! <laughs> um, and so Giles, um, so they're still in the library. Buffy and Willow are still in the library. And so, oh my gosh, what are they trying to find on the computers this time? They're trying to find something on the computer. They're trying to have... It's the coroner report, yeah. The coroner report. And Giles, like, occasionally, he'll, like, every other thing that they want to look up, he'll, he'll, like, address it's illegal. And he's like, okay, and this would be completely legal, right? And he's like, okay, cool. Didn't see it, couldn't have stopped you. I don't know why Giles is so concerned about this. Just like, Buffy is straight out murdering people, and he's like, it's fine because they're monsters, but oh no, if we don't take the privacy laws entirely serious. Because he doesn't want anyone finding his internet history when that gets subpoenaed. He, no, yeah. but, um, Giles doesn't like computers, he doesn't like using computers because they don't have a smell. He's also convinced that Miss French is a bug. I, yeah. She's gotten to that point. Without oh. Giles or anyone else's help, she's like, it's a bug. Yeah, oh yeah, that's right. She didn't, yeah, like, Giles did not make this suggestion. Yeah. She's just like, she's a bug. She turned her neck. She's a bug. Which is not what I would have thought immediately when I thought, turns head. You know what, bugs. <laughs> yeah. And then she goes, praying mantis. They're the only bugs that do this. They eat heads. And I'm like, you know, okay, Buffy. <laughs> You're going through something, but okay. The sad thing is she's right. Yeah, and like, I mean, my thought would have been, like, demon, but... Yeah, that would be reasonable to assume, given what we've seen about what Buffy's encountered so far. Yeah, but she's like, fuck. Um, and so we learn that Giles has a friend back in England who's an episode, or an episode, he's an expert at, like, different monsters. Like, not just vampires. He's a bug specialist. Oh, it's me like, does he come back? Because I want this random connection to keep popping up. Um, I don't remember um, his other connection that I'm excited for you to meet definitely comes back. Oh, yay. Um, but, so he calls him and we learn he's in a mental institution. <laughs> um... <laughs> And Giles has to argue with the nurse on the other line to get to talk to him. And he actually does end up talking to him. And, like, has to talk him down and be like, and, like, gets 
useful information about the type of monster Miss French is. Like, useful, accurate information. Yeah. You know, fun. And he goes, okay, take your meds, old man. This is a really convenient episode where everything just, like, conveniently is true. There's, like, almost no red herrings. Yeah. It's it's a fun episode. And, um... Oh, um... Oh, so Xander is, um... Leaving the school, and then Buffy runs into him. Oh, okay, thank you. I'm like, wait, because I was trying to figure out where we were. Okay, yeah, Buffy is trying to tell Xander that Miss French is a bug. <laughs> he accuses her of being jealous. <laughs> She's like, what the fuck, dude? Which is kind of wild. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all of that was just... <laughs> a lot. It's Which... just cringy. Which I'm like, yeah, Buffy, that's not exactly where you start. <laughs> but also, I kind of understand. And even if she wasn't, like, a literal monster, it's like, hey, maybe don't go to a grown woman's house. I mean, to be fair, a couple of episodes ago, she uh, she tried to stab a classmate just based on outfit style, so... Well, oh, I wrote that. What is the thing? She does this again. Who does she accuse? Is does she accuse Miss French of being something because she dresses weirdly? She said she dresses aggressively. Her fashion is aggressive. It's yeah, what the hell? Pads. What the hell, Buffy? Stop being a fashion. I was supposed to say bitch, and that's not a thing. But a fashion, <laughs> a fashion snob. Yeah. Well, no. A couple episodes ago, she was right when in the pilot episode. When she stabbed someone because they had bad fashion sense, she was right about that. He was a vampire. The universe needs to stop rewarding Buffy on this because it's teaching her bad habits. <laughs> and she almost stabbed Cordelia because she jump scared her. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she was right about the guy with bad fashion sense. <laughs> yeah. Um, that was how he, she knew he was a vampire. She was honing her slayer sense. Um, but she should not have senses for praying mantises. I um, think. I don't know. Is it just all monsters or is it, it specifically seems like she doesn't. vampires? Yeah. Um, so. Back then, to the porn. Oh, yeah. Well, so he gets mad. Um, Xander gets mad about Angel. He's like, we don't all have leather jackets to be giving away. Oh, that's right. Yeah. What? This yeah. whole thing is like all so in Xander's head, and Buffy like literally has no fucking clue what he's talking about. Yeah. I mean, she is wearing Xander our Angel's jacket, despite at this point not liking Angel all that much. That is true. Why does she keep wearing the jacket? I don't know. Like, I mean, obviously by now you kind of guess they have, like, a romantic connection later yeah. on. So, like, it's kind of trying to plant the seeds for that. But, Orly. like Huh? Orly. Yeah. 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 But, like, at this point, Buffy, like, does not like Angel. <laughs> like, she finds him unpleasant. Yeah. And, like, she's wearing his clothes. Like... I've definitely worn guys' clothes who I've dated, but, like, are who I've liked, but I like them. I haven't been, like, this guy I find on... Also, I mean, a guy I find unpleasant has never given me my, 
in clothing before, so I guess I haven't really been in this situation. So, um, but anyway, so then we're back to, yeah, as Sophie said, the porn. <laughs> um, where we see Miss French pouring two martinis, you know, as you do when you're having a student over your house. I mean, you shouldn't be having students over to your yeah. house, so there really shouldn't be protocol for this. Yeah, but no. She is also doing things incorrectly, no matter what she's doing. Yeah. So, Xander comes into her house, which we find out, like, what the fuck Xander's parents? Like, no one thought this was suspicious. Like, it is dark out. For the, for the first part, I thought he just didn't tell them, and I was like, he could like, say I was going out, which is reasonable. But then, then, yeah, we definitely find out he reveals exactly where he's going. Yeah, because Xander's mom, I don't know, does Willow call Xander's mom, or... I think else? Willow calls Xander's mom, yeah. Too, yeah. Xander's mom knows that he's not home. Or yeah. knows that he's at Miss French's house. And, um, so... Like, she gives, she's in a very, like, revealing dress and offers Xander a martini. Because that's totally a normal thing to do. Yeah. God bless Xander and his fucking <laughs> porn expectations. He does not blink at this. Yeah, he's just like, oh, that's a very nice chest. Because <laughs> Xander's the himbo. It's true. But, And yeah. then, like, chugs the martini. <laughs> Because this is how you drink martinis. I don't want to say that Xander's never had alcohol. Because I feel like he has. But I do not think that Xander would chug a martini and then, like, make the face he goes and go, wow! I was like, no, you would have a different reaction to a martini. Yeah. Not, not a wow experience. Yeah. They're more um, like a, ugh, experience. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry for the sound I just put into your podcast. It's beautiful. <laughs> That can be um, the opening. <laughs> I, um, so she pretty much, like, makes him say he's a virgin. Yeah. It's very awkward. Um, Old or something. Oh, yeah. I was more trying to figure out, because, like, Xander is out of it after he drinks the martini. And yeah. I I wrote, why is Xander drunk in 45 seconds? But then it's pretty he's clear drunk. she drugged him. Yeah. Yeah, and then he Which has... also is super not okay. I mean, this whole episode is problematic, but now we actually have, like, people being drugged. Yeah, and he has a... When she mentions his hand, he has a flashback to Buffy in his dream being concerned about his hand. Xander reminisces about Buffy while in his porn date with Miss French. Yeah, not real Buffy. Not real Buffy, Buffy, fake Buffy. And then he starts talking about how much he loves Buffy, and it's a little bit adorable, but, like... It's adorable and good. Aw, sweetheart, it's not gonna happen. Yeah. Um, you know, the comics get wild, but, you know. Um, so... We're not there. Um, Xander, uh, oh, I, there, and then he's, you know, he's drugged, and then she, um, he sees her weird mantis claw. Yeah, she reveals himself, and then drags him off screen after he's passed out. Yeah, um. 
He wakes up in a cage. Yeah. I wrote, it's a hard knock life for Xander, which was probably making too much light of the situation that he's been drugged to put in a cage, but... Yeah, and she continues to be a child predator. Wakes up in a cage. I don't know why, like, she makes some sort of comment at that point as to why I said that. As said, Miss French continues to be a child predator. I don't know what comment she made. I don't know. She made some sort of comment in yeah. her bug form. Then we just have full-on practical effects, praying, giant praying mantis. Yes, the costume is fantastic. I yep. love it. I love it. It, like, full-on reminds me of Audrey 2. Like, yeah, I, I can why see that. That's what it reminded me of. It reminded me of the Power Rangers villains. Yeah. Just, like, that kind of terrible costume where you know there's someone in it. It's definitely, like, someone in a suit. But it's just... Huge foam blasting oh, yes. stuff. Bad bug animatronics. Wonderful. Um, so, and then um, Blaine, our jock friend from before, is also in the dungeon. Yes, he is. And um, he's talking about how um, Ms. French will mate with you and put eggs on you. It's... <laughs> Very dark. It is. And I have, in an attempt to not get too dark, how does this work? Because obviously one of these creatures is a bug and one of these creatures is a human and they should not be able to reproduce. This is a lot darker than I signed up for. Like, <laughs> Buffy. Wasn't Buffy, going into this Buffy and Buffy. Buffy bees like, be like that sometimes. Yes. Like, I've watched Game of Thrones, so, you know, but... I was like, okay, usually usually it's not literally episode four and we're using rape as a plot point already. Yeah. I mean You I'm, said you've watched Game of Thrones, that's like episode one. They yeah. are very particular to never use the phrase sex or rape. They only yeah. use mate and I think that doesn't that's make how it, it better. It doesn't make it better, but no. I think that's how they got it past everyone. Yeah, yes. I think um, that's how they got this to air. By making it time. super vague as to what's about to happen and using like animal terms. Yeah. Cause this like aired on prime time on the WB. Yeah. So Yeah. It's it's wild. Yeah. I'm not okay. There's like some I'm gonna move away from the dungeon now. And go back to normal Buffy antics. We're back in the library. Giles has gotten back from his connection over in England, you said, I think? Yeah, in England. You and know. he's like, this creature has been seen throughout history because Giles' favorite thing to say is that this has always been here. We just didn't know it. Yep. And at one point, it's like, the sirens did that. I'm like, did you just compare a live praying mantis to a siren? They are very different creatures, it's Giles. mantis. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but, like, sirens yeah. are normally aquatic, question mark? Closer yeah. to mermaids. His, are yeah. there mermaids in Buffy? I don't think so. At least not as a main pot point. There might be one as, like, you know, a one-off thing that I forgot okay. about. I mean, they're not near, like, the ocean or anything, but I think a mermaid would be a really great monster for Buffy to fight. Yeah. Because I mean, we can see some creepy Did mermaids. you just say they're not near the ocean? Where is Sunnydale located? Near, like, or they might not be near the ocean. Because Buffy used to live in L.A. Yeah, Buffy so was in L.A., was but in LA. I don't know where they are. Is is it ever clarified where Sunnydale is? In Cal California somewhere. Okay, so she's still in California. She's still in California. 
but I don't know where. It's not like that Glee situation where they're in Ohio. It just looks like California in every outside scene. Yeah. <laughs> there literally is a Lima, Ohio. Definitely. Anyway. And then they go on this whole tangent about why are all monsters always kidnapping virgins? To which Buffy goes, oh, then Xander's probably fine. And Willow, <laughs> champion Willow, goes shit and, like, runs Willow's out of the like, room. Goes, he's probably, and then Willow's like, probably gonna die. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. Oh. I just wrote Willow and her fluffy hair himbo gamer boy like she's just like oh shit (laughs) we all know xander's a virgin come on is it ever really explained why it needs to be a virgin other than just for comedic effect against xander and later blaine i i don't think think praying mantises would care i don't either because supernatural creature sort of logic like yeah it's kind of like in like all supernatural like evil female supernatural creatures kind of only prey on virgins. Christian purity bullshit. Yeah, basically. Um, oh, they kind of do a mini info dump when Giles just kind of drives Buffy and Willow to... So it's late enough that it's nighttime and, um... Xander is at Miss French's house after school, but Buffy and Willow were still in the library. Yeah, so what are they telling their parents that they're doing at the school after hours? Study group, I guess? I don't know, but Giles drives them to what it says in this is Miss French's house, and Willow just casually mentions, it says she was born in 19 or 18. Or, what was it? like 1907? 1907. That means she's 90 years old. And then they go to the door. And a sweet grandmother answers. Sweet little old grandma answers. And is like, yes, I'm Natalie French. And then they, like, talk without, like, leaving this poor woman's poor... She goes... No, Miss French, who's a substitute biology teacher, she goes, oh, yes, I retired 30 years ago. She's so sweet. And it's like, you know, like 10 o'clock and these teenagers and a man are like knocking at her door. And she's just so happy to be talking to them. <laughs> and she's just like, and, and then they like turn around, not addressing this woman at all. And we're like, she's not here. This is at Miss French's house. And she goes, what are you talking about? I'm right here. I'm right here, dear. <laughs> I'm like, just props to the real Miss French. And also props to Buffy, like for once. I feel like Buffy does do this trope. And a lot of other shows do this trope where they have like, the real so-and-so is, like, dead on their living room floor. Yeah. It is nice to not have another dead body. Yeah, and it's just this sweet little old lady. And I'm just, like, trying to figure out, I mean, I guess it makes sense because obviously she had to somehow break into the school. So stealing an identity, reasonable way to get there. Um, I would question why the school didn't, like, look up why she should be 90, but... 
Or I, that, like, none of the older teachers remembered her as, like, the oldest teacher when they were there. Yeah. First yeah. or something like that, but... Or, you know, well, we do know Bob is prone to ripping up permanent records. <laughs> God bless Bob. <laughs> so, maybe something like that happened. Um, so, then we're back to um, Xander, who actually has a brain cell for a yeah. minute. And he, like, assures Wayne that he has a plan um, to get them out. And he actually tries to formulate a plan. And he takes, like, their cells are actually divided. And he takes the part that's locking their cells and, like, breaks it off somehow. Or, like, and he goes, he goes, great, so now I can walk from my cell into yours. And then Xander's like, no, it's a weapon, you dumbass. Xander's, like, trying to live out his fantasy from the very beginning of the episode. And Blaine is having none of it. It's like, what the fuck are you doing? (laughs) I mean, fair. But also, I want to give Xander, like, the teeniest bit of credit for, like, I mean, yeah, he got a weapon for when this giant bug lady comes to, you know... It is true. I think we have not found complete justice for Xander yet where he's totally heroic. We've seen glimpses. Him talking to Jesse and doing the whole thing with Jesse was good. Him fighting the vampires with Buffy slightly earlier. But I'm waiting for the point where Xander really becomes himself. I think he's a little bit too unsure of himself right now. I mean, Little insecure. He's a 16-year-old boy. He is a 16-year-old boy. Yeah. I think 16-year-old boys who are sure of themselves are, you know, not... Bling. Not where it's at. They're they're bling. Yeah. They're until bling. later in the episode. But Yeah. Blaine is really sure of himself until he sees shit go down and then he's terrified. Yeah, and then he's which tracks. To Sue. Which does track, yeah. Also I really feel for Blaine and I hope he gets therapy. <laughs> <laughs> well, ish. Because then Blaine is gonna end up like Giles' friend. Oh in a straight cute. I was kind of wondering what was going to happen with Blaine because we're adding to the list of people who should realize something's really off about this town and like just keep forgetting about it because this would be something you'd remember. Yeah. I don't know. Could block it out. Cordelia has two dead bodies on her record. Blaine's been kidnapped by a Cordelia's almost been a human sacrifice and wrote it off as... Well, they were some gang members, and Buffy totally knew them, which was so weird. Yeah. All these children just need some help. Maybe it's a good thing they forget and need to, like, repress this for a little bit. Yeah. I I don't know. I am not a psychiatrist. Do not listen to me. I feel like they all need a therapist who specializes in the supernatural, because that one guy who just is listening to Cordelia talk and just being like, "Uh uh-huh. Didn't we talk about this at one point? How we yeah in the first episode about how we need a trauma counselor who specializes in the supernatural. Yeah, yeah, because I feel like if Blaine went to a counselor and said, "Hey, I was by a giant praying mantis," they'd be like, "Maybe, maybe he gang up in the same place as that other guy who tried to." Maybe like, so you've seen three dead bodies. Do you want to talk about how that might be affecting you and your grasp on sanity? 
It's like, no, I want to talk about how that trauma made me lose more weight than the diet that oh. my doctor put me on as a 16-year-old girl. And she's so skinny, too. Like, she yeah. does not, she does not need to be on a diet. Was all this shit happening before Buffy shows up? Like, let's, let's just predict, Buffy's been at school for three months at this point, maybe. Since episode um, one. I think it was said that, I mean, they're on a helmet. Yes. So it Buffy was, didn't bring the hell now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like it was happening. I think we're just like. Maybe that's seeing... why the school is so chill about it. Cause like this is just what happens. At yeah. <laughs> they say like I think like they do make like comments like oh weird shit happens in Sunnydale. And, Which Buffy's mom should have then done her research and found out like, about. You know, it's a quaint little town. Um, so, oh yeah, then we find out that, um, there's some more creepy comments made by Miss French in her praying mantis costume. I mean, what? She's totally actually a praying mantis. Yeah. Um, but then we cut to, um, Buffy going from the real Mrs. Miss French's house, the sweet old lady's house, and she has kidnapped Fort Guy. Yes. And for some reason thought it was the greatest idea to tie Fort Guy's fork hands with rope. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Yeah, that's that's definitely a good idea. You've got someone with sharp hands and you're just going to tie them up with rope. That'll work. Yeah. She needs to it's... invent in some twist ties. Or and she also to, like, found him ties. super fast. Yeah. I mean, I guess he was hunting her. I don't know. Uh, it's very clear that this is just like a secondary antagonist and has no other motives other than if Buffy needs to be somewhere, the reason is she's going to find him. Yeah. Like, we get some angst for Angel, and then he acts as a tracker for the bug lady. Yeah. And that's pretty much it. We don't even... He gets killed off screen. Yes. Like, because when, when Angel mentions later that he got killed, I'm just like, oh, she killed him? Well, she stakes him with the fence. Oh. Doesn't she? Oh, maybe she Which, does. also, convenient stake. This is actually number two, and I forgot to say the first one. First one was in freaking Xander's wet dream. He, like, <laughs> rips a chair leg off, throws it through a vampire's heart. This is the second convenient stake that I'm tracking where Buffy rips off a fence post and just stabs him with it. I don't know if we should track the Xander one because that was a dream sequence. Fine. But I'm still tracking the other convenience stakes. But also it probably would have happened if it wasn't a dream sequence anyway. But she does kill him and I think um, with this with the fence post because you know vampires are pretty easy to kill y'all. Um apparently. Yeah. So um they find they find the house, and Buffy breaks in through the basement window. Yeah. And Xander's just, like, yelling for help. And, um, so, and she, like, beats him up. Uh, Buffy straight up sprays her with bug spray to get her away from Xander. I couldn't tell. Was the bug spray was working? Bug... Or was yeah, it not? Because it seemed like she it... was just flailing about, and I wasn't sure if that was in pain or anger i think it was like irritation i think the bug spray just like got her away from xander 
and then she was like kicking her at like at her and Giles like Giles has a moment in this episode because <laughs> there is a comic relief moment that I actually did enjoy probably more than I should have where they learn that bat sonar apparently scrambles praying mantises nerves so I don't know if that's true. Hot, I have no idea. Hot tip, if you guys are ever hunting praying manti, um, <laughs> use bats. I don't know. If you're hunting praying mantis and you are a human, I hope you don't have to resort to bat sonar. Use but bats. Sure. Find a bat first. <laughs> I would hope that you are big enough as a person to figure it out. I don't know. Praying mantis, I am scared of squishing them if I would need to. They look like they'd be they do they look really fragile like fragile no that's not my thing because like fly like spiders look fragile. i don't want to squish them because i'm afraid of hurting living creatures but so praying mantises can hear bat sonar but it doesn't mess with them so much as they know um that they're dinger for bats and so they fly away Oh, okay. Interesting. So you just make the bat descend on praying mantis. That sounds much more palatable to me. I'm just feeding my bat friend. That sounds much more palatable to me than stepping on a praying mantis and hearing it crunch. Yeah. Uh, I also, though, really... I mean, we'll find out that this works. But also, what works on a small praying mantis also just works on a large mantis, weirdly. This yeah. is a giant demon well, monster thing. They, oh, yeah. She does learn that from Dr. Gregory. For a second, I'm like, oh, well, they learned that from Giles' friends. But no, they didn't. Because ja, because Buffy's like, remember that guy you you killed? I learned this from him. Buffy goes, when you do your homework, you learn stuff like PSA from Buffy. <laughs> um, That's also how they got this on the WB on primetime, is Buffy had to throw in a PSA about <laughs> The girl who's out all night instead of actually doing her homework. Uh, practical knowledge. Um, and... Um, she goes to play the bat sonar, and it's like... Giles doing her grocery list or something. Yeah. She's on the tape. Giles is like, it's the wrong side. And then Buffy gets knocked down for a second, and Giles is the one who gets to play the bat sonar and knock out the praying mantis lady. This which also I enjoy. tracks with what you said earlier, because you said that Giles is not like technology that's not or information that's not a book. And it, yes. recently she had to, like, go tell him to go to the auto library, audio library. And I was like, why is Buffy telling Giles to go somewhere in the library? He should know. <laughs> he is the damn librarian. He doesn't like technology. Oh, Giles. It doesn't have a smell. Does your tape recorder smell, Giles? No. That's why <laughs> he had it on the wrong side. Um, so... Xander has to have his macho moment after we address that he's a virgin. There's a lot of problematic sexual positive positivity negative stuff in this area of the episode. Yeah, and Willow's like, I'm so glad you're a virgin, Xander. You're doing such a good job. 
There's a lot of purity virgin yeah. culture in this that makes me a little queasy. It's not great, and it's really hammered home. Yeah. And we find out that Blaine's also a virgin because he's also there. And he goes, if you guys tell anyone, my dad's a lawyer. And he's looking at a lawsuit. And I just thought, what fucking lawsuit are you going to like, bring libel? against someone for saying that you're a virgin? Like, libel, I guess, is the only thing. But, like, how would that hold up? Like, how? I want to know what that case would look like. I want a bonus scene of him asking his dad to defend him in court for people saying he was a virgin. But, like, it's fine if you're a virgin. It's fine if P.S. Also P.S.A. It's fine if if you're a virgin. Yeah. It's fine if you're virgin olive oil and you've gained ears, and you're listening to this podcast. That's actually terrible. I was going to say, where are you going with this through the rest of the eggs in the basement? Because he had to have his macho man moment. Yeah. Also, Buffy has a sword to chop the mantis up. Oh, <laughs> Just, yeah. like, Buffy with a sword. Yeah. Um. Oh, angels at the bronze. Yes, back at the bronze with Angel. Yeah. Angels supposedly being hot again, I think. Yeah, I to think... some people... Yeah, I think Buffy's getting a little bit attracted to him here. She offers to give him back his clothes, and he's just like, you'll find me. And I'm like, okay. He also comments on Forkhand Guy, not the Praying Mantis. He's like, I heard there's one less vampire. And he's like, I heard there was one less mantis going around Sunnydale. Yeah, well, because he doesn't, he's not part of the Monster of the Week plot. He's part of the main plot. Yeah. So he doesn't have to comment on the Monster of the Week. Yeah, but Buffy could have been like, there were other problems. Like, like you were secondary this week. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's a whole thing. You haven't got, we haven't gotten to the hyena episode yet. I'm sorry, the what? <laughs> You've definitely seen this episode. You I have, have no seen memory this of this. I probably have. Vander joins a hyena pack. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> oh, I do have vague memory of this. Yeah, they go to the zoo and Xander gets possessed by a hyena. Xander just wants to be a hero, but in all reality, <laughs> he's he's the uh, the newscaster lady who's in a relationship with the main character that keeps getting uh, taken away, or everyone thinks... Have you watched Megamind? No. Yes. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Wow, cut all of that. That was <laughs> a disaster. <laughs> What's our big reveal for the end of the episode, Kat? Or would you like me to go if you can't remember? I don't know. Alright, so we're back in the science oh. lab after Buffy has, you know, done her homework, PSA. And it is, re- oh, she re- she's returning Dr. Gregory's glasses. Which is like a weird thing to do, because why would you put a dead man's glasses back in his lab coat in a lab because he no longer works in? You do don't you not have sentiment? No, I'm just saying. Are you heartless? Okay, why if your if like, your thing is sentiment is going to their family. old work spot and returning their clothes to their old work spot, when I die, do not put my clothes <laughs> at my work spot. <laughs> well, like if it was like something that was like his whole job, like you know, like for me, like teaching is like part of my identity. Yeah. And like so, like his clothes were hanging there, and like I assume. So when you die, you want us to take your glasses to your school and leave them there. Well, so his glasses were left at the school. His coat was also left at the school. I assume Buffy doesn't know his family. 
So instead of just leaving his glasses laying there, it was like, you know, a nice little gesture to put them back in his coat where he would have put them. I guess, but they're just going to throw the coat out. I assume they wouldn't throw it out. I would assume they would give it to his family or whoever. You know. We will hope the school is sentimental. I mean, I'm pretty sure that's a legal thing. Pretty sure you give the dead person's belonging to their next of kin. We hope. Anyway, we're totally off track, because what's actually important is that inside the closet his coat is hanging out, there are more mantis eggs, and one of them is noticeably hatched. This never gets... Directed by Josh Whedon. Yeah. That's the end. (laughs) And that mantis is... That mantis is Andy's mom from Toy Story. It's all connected. I'm sorry, what? Did you not know... Anyway... That's the end of the episode. Yeah. What do we do after we finish recapping an episode? Oh, we have to check, um, we have to check with our queer tracker. Yeah. Um, you do it again, how, how you end the episode, just end, that's the end of the episode. That's the end of the episode, <laughs> yeah. uh, We don't have an outro, do you want to do an outro? Um, I think... Outro, do, 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 do. <laughs> We're just gonna isolate that sound. I'm gonna ask you both who is your favorite character in this episode? I'm gonna, you can't say Spike, it's in this specific episode. I didn't say that's not even what I was gonna say. Willow, my Giles, honestly. I I do like Giles in this episode. This was a good Giles episode. My it. Willow's my favorite in this because of a scene that we didn't end up talking about, which is when she essentially makes Cordelia delete her entire computer program just by being like... That wasn't uh, in this episode. Shoot. Wait, what? No, No, that was a different episode, though, maybe. It's an episode two. Oh, yeah. Where she goes, wow. hit, you hit deliver. Yeah. Yeah, that's Sorry. an episode. No, we love that moment. It's episode. so I good. my episodes confused. Um, <laughs> we do love that moment. Willow's always my favorite, though. I just love Willow. I think Willow is my all-time favorite at the moment, but I do agree this was a good Giles episode. It was a good Giles I, episode. Giles is my favorite in this because um, we really get to see more of his, like, actual personality and actual character development coming to fruition more of just like not like oh i am the watcher this is my role in the show i am providing xyz function to the plot i mean obviously it's only the fourth episode so you know in the first three we were only getting going to get those plot functions from a lot of the characters um, until like the actual plot started going, but I think in this episode we got like those little throwaway lines, like when Giles was on the phone with his friend from England. <laughs> He's like, "Take your medicine, old man." I just and, really love Giles as a chaperone, like when he's just, driving them around. Yeah, Giles as the designated adult is perfect because yeah. he shouldn't be because he's not <laughs> qualified enough and cognizant enough to be that designated adult. And, but he's just so supportive and there for them. And we address that like in the first episode. It's addressed that like he worked at the British. He worked at a museum before this. Yeah. So like. Education is not, like, working with children is not Giles' strong suit, not his chosen field. He's just kind of thrown into it because the Slayer's 16. 
And yeah. he's just, uh, I mean, like, Giles is on a queer tractor, tracker. He's just a disaster by, and it's, like, it's fine. And he's just trying so hard. And, like, just, like, that little scene, like, where we get him saying to, like, Willow and Buffy going, wasn't here, couldn't have stopped you. Like, we get just, like, his little, like, throwaway lines that are just, like, he's starting to get a personality and an actual, like, relationship with the main characters. I am waiting for the moment when Giles goes, I'm out this week, you guys deal with it, <laughs> and, like, goes on vacation oh. or something because he can't deal with it anymore. I feel like it's going to happen. Yeah, there. I feel like that does happen. I know there is some shit that happens that job like, um, there's a lot of shit that goes down and Giles goes through some stuff, but I don't remember how that's dealt with as far as like having like his role change in the show. Mm. And I like you know the little like mannerisms that like Anthony Head is like bringing to it, like how like you know the nose pinching and the taking off his glasses. <laughs> and it's, it's so just, good. It's perfect. And I just really like how this was, you know, you know, was a good moment for him. And we're only gonna get better. So who was you guys both have Willow? <laughs> It's Willow in general, but I think Giles this episode. Yeah. And I think maybe that's what we should start tracking to is who's our favorite episode. Okay, I'm so good at talking, y'all. This is why we edit. Who is your favorite character episode by episode? And then we can start looking at larger arcs. Because okay. we can't see a lot of growth episode by episode. But we can say this person did a cool thing. Yeah. And I definitely think, like, as we get later on in the season we'll be able to see more arcs and more changes. And oddly enough, the episode where Xander gets possessed by a hyena is a good Xander episode at the end. Yay. It does have a good ending. <laughs> so we've started labeling Giles as our disaster bisexual, and yeah. I haven't decided what kind of bisexual Willow is yet. Probably functional, at least. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> at she'll, least. maybe she'll descend it, to disaster, it, but... It depends. It really depends because, I mean, you'll see, like, it depends on, like, the area of her life, which I've, you know, you guys can probably see from, like, knowing Willow as a character and Celeste, like, you know, from seeing a little bit more of Buffy and, like, knowing, you know, how Willow interacts in different situations. It's just sort of, like, very much the, like, you know, like, this is my area of expertise. And then, like, oh, shit, I'm in a social situation. I also think Xander perfectly filled the uh, disaster by yeah. during this episode, too. I don't yes. think that was the intention, but it worked. I think Xander mm -hmm. is going to repress some stuff. And we're never going to see it because he's going to repress it. Because it's going to be, he's, he oh. very feels that heteronormative pressure Xander to stay that way, but... Xander represses a lot of stuff, like, all the time, and it's addressed. Like, Good. Not yeah. by Xander, but it's addressed that it's a problem, especially in the musical episode. Oh, There's God. a whole song about it. Oh, no. There's, like, I mean, not, like, there, yeah. Yeah, his, it's a whole thing. But, um, now I have that song stuck in my head. But... 
Yeah, and I think, and I mean, in this episode, we don't really have much on the queer tracker for Willow, other than her weird virgin purity talk at the end. And her, ooh, Angel's gross. Yeah, and I'm like, <laughs> but also at the end, I'm like, what the fuck? Why did you give this speech to Willow? I guess because she's like the, you know, like, sexless nerd in the beginning. I don't know. I'm just like, why? This felt wrong. Maybe because why? it's Willow and she wants, she doesn't want to think about Xander having sex with anyone else. Maybe at this point they were like, well, Willow's already kind of in love with him. We might as well give it to her. Yeah, I don't I know. I feel it like it was weird. more, it was meant to be more about her thoughts on Xander, like you were yeah. saying, but I feel like it really came across as like some purity culture bullshit because yeah. I think like Willow as a character is definitely writing smut in her bedroom. I <laughs> of course she is. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, and it's just, yeah, it was a lot to take in. I forgot about that whole speech, and I'm like, oh, oh okay. Um, but, so that was on that. So, Sophie, what are your predictions for next episode? Um, you already said this, but we're not going to see the the Frank Mantis ever again, despite oh, the giant yeah, hook. Yeah, I mean, it's never gonna come back. And I am excited when you said that we're going back to vampires next week. Yeah. So I'm excited to get back to our main storyline. Um, but this is really about wild predictions. So we're gonna continue to see Xander not deal with his sexuality in general, <laughs> but we are going to see Xander continue to say things that are going to be giant glaring signs saying you like men and won't talk about it. So, we're going to see more from Xander and what he thinks about it. Because it's going to happen at some point, And he's yeah. not going to talk about it. Um, we're going to have... I, wanna, I want Willow to not be PSA purity shit anymore. I want Willow to... Willow needs to realize that she does not have to be perfect. And I think she's going to get there. But I don't know yeah. at what rate we're going to see her do that. I don't think it's going to be this season. I don't think it's going to be this season either. She cuts her hair in season two. I am excited for Willow's bisexual, it's not a bob, but the Willow's bisexual hair. Yeah. It's super gay. I love yeah, it. Yeah, I love it. Um, it's an important rite of passage. Yes. <laughs> so, Celeste, if you feel comfortable sharing, do you identify as a disaster bi? I do identify as a disaster <laughs> bi. <laughs> Absolutely. <Yeah>. Completely. <laughs> um, oh, we have your... Um, your prediction from um, last episode, which we don't know yet, because this episode didn't address, address any of the magic stuff about yeah. Willow getting introduced to magic and anything, which we don't know yet. So that hasn't happened yet. My prediction is more scenes with Angel where he's supposed to be hot. <laughs> Question mark. Oh. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, so... That... Write in if you think Angel is hot. Yeah. I, I don't get it. If um, you are please... queer of any sort and you think Angel's hot, just please... I please mean... explain. I mean, Steven thinks he's attractive. Okay. We can cut this out. Steven's straight, but, you know. 
I was gonna say, if any type of queer, maybe the type of queers who are like, men, I don't know. <laughs> like, I we're guess. a bad, uh, we're I a guess. bad sample size, but. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I was gonna say, Steven's my one, like, one of two straight friends, and I mean, I do like men, but not Angel. That's true. Yeah. I, I was, I was kind of, ex- I was kind of excluding men, you from that, but, because. Uh, not Angel. <laughs> I think Kat and I have a very select group of people that we might be okay with, and everyone else is pretty blah. <laughs> so yeah. we don't like Angel. That's absolutely fair. <laughs> um, and then we already talked about the queer tracker, and then Celeste, you want to do our beautiful outro? Oh, oh, what's our outro? I don't know. You made it up. You oh wait, one one thing before we do that. Oh yeah. So you can follow us on social media. Oh. We have an Instagram. It is wait you never pod. We have an email. It is wait you've never watched at gmail.com. And you can find all of our episodes currently at wait you've never watched.podbean.com. Yay. Yay. We did business stuff. Okay. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> That's, not, that's the outro, everybody. Bye. Bye. <laughs>